everyone could quit Facebook tomorrow. Everyone could stop using Amazon tomorrow. Everyone could stop using Netflix tomorrow. Portal is basically like this. It's this hardware unit that you buy to put on your kitchen counter or your living room or whatever. And it's a it's a way for you to communicate directly like Star Trek with somebody in another place through Facebook. So that seems to be something that they think they can make money on. Um, but what a shitty idea that is. How does Jeff Bezos, like Mr. Liberal Washington Post, save the world, come up with a plan to defend his company's carbon footprint? You know, the best use for all of this stuff is to f each other, get two portals, get a fake. They've got dolls now, get some sort of machine that, you know, get a get a really high quality sort of robot robotic power on the other end. Is there ever going to be a fear from these companies that they could lose everyone instantaneously and and does that have some sort of impact on their market value like why is their market value so volatile right now Welcome to Landline Podcast, a triumphant return to conversations that used to be important. On today's show, it's Jeff, the hedge fund millionaire. Sorry, I don't have a voiceover for this one. I will read anything you put in front of me. And we hear from listeners on the Landline Answering Machine. Here's your host, Alex McKay. Hey, welcome back. Tuesday, if it's Tuesday, it's Landline uh, every three weeks, apparently. Anyways, thanks for listening. Appreciate the support. 503-894-8480. Call the Landline, leave a voicemail, or get me on the horn. Australia, hello to you. Happy Christmas. I know you're part of the uh, British Crown, so you say Happy Christmas instead of Merry Christmas. Sorry about the volatility of the podcast. It is what it is. Working through making it as good as it can be. Um, so here's a B-minus episode that you're going to listen to anyways because it's the last week of work before the holiday. Look out for some more before the end of the year, and we'll continue to tweak if you continue to speak. All right, here you go. Landline podcast on all the stocks, the crash, the fang. It's Jeff, the hedge fund millionaire. Alex. Landline. Jeff, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot. How you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to pod. It's been a couple weeks. You know, I go through these undulations, but I just listed a 10 supportive messages on my voicemail to get pumped up for the call. So um, we're in a good spot. Excellent. How's life been? Life is great. Uh, just chugging away, dealing with my own... Um, psychoses and insecurity and you know um balancing that with raising a family and having a job so uh no life is good i feel lucky to have all that i have and there's a lot of people who don't have as much as i do so trying to be respectful and um introspective in this year i started going to church again um at least two we've got two weeks under our bed i even missed the first half of a patriots football game for church so 
if that's any indication. What, uh, what stemmed that? We just were looking for something bigger than ourselves. Um, and there is a beautiful Episcopal cathedral that we used to live right next to, literally abutting. Like we used to be able to hear the choir practice in their practice room in sort of a like a um, not alley, but what is that area between apartment buildings? You know, just a, a, the back of our apartment building abutted the back of the choir rehearsal room. And then we would kind of started going because it was like the most beautiful church in Portland anyway. And, you know, very welcoming Episcopal um, church with with, a you know, a 40 year old gay um, reverend who's married as the as the main guy and, um, you know, big rainbow flags out front and. You know, we welcome everybody is is said at the beginning of the service, although it seems like 65 year old wasps are sort of their target demo. But anyways, um, also Advent, it's Advent and we have an 18 month old son. And although he's not baptized, it's kind of one of those things where maybe he wants to engage in the pageantry of Christmas beyond just giving gifts and, you know, drinking too much. So, um, yeah, just something to do on Sunday. It's nice. You put some good clothes on. You sing. There's like real candles being burnt inside, something that's a rarity these days. Um, and people are kind of listening instead of talking for once, and nobody's allowed to use a cell phone. So what's not to like, honestly? No, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, you're feeling good about it, and i um, glad to hear all as well otherwise. Let's uh, let's talk some tech. Okay, cool. Um, well, Jeff, the Hedge Fund Thousand Air back on Landline Podcast. I've been getting some news and notes, mostly notes from some of the audience members, and they've they say I'm sort of scattered all around with my topics and my guests. And I say to them, I know, and this is hard, and also fuck you. Um, <laughs> so so I'm gonna try my best to kind of reset before each guest and and redouble my efforts as long as the listeners redouble their efforts to call the landline 503-894-8480 Jeff still half my listeners coming from Australia and they keep pressing play I love it the first person from Australia to call the landline remember that's country code zero one because we are the number one country in the world remember that um, 503-894-8480 and leave a message we'll get a prize to be named later. Maybe I'll have to come up with that. I'll buy you a landline off eBay and ship it to your house in Australia. So I'll even pay the first month of service. That's a landline guarantee. So anyways, Jeff the Hedge Fund Thousand Air is an expert in stocks and um, you know the stock market in general and um, economics in some ways, but finance. And he's worked in the finance industry on his own for other people. He's designing some technology. So he's a really good counterpoint to the landline point of view um, because he sort of understands technology, believes in technology, and doesn't lose sleep over technology rising up and taking over humanity the way I do. But um, we really like to look at the lens of the market and technology with Jeff because he's so knowledgeable. And so there's no better time to call Jeff than when you read a headline on CNBC.com after 5 p.m. Eastern that says Dow plunges nearly 800 points on rising fears of an economic slowdown and that FANG stocks shed $140 billion worth of value today, just today. So FANG is Facebook, Amazon, 
Alphabet, which is Google, right? Um, Netflix. And the G is for, I think, GaySex.com, right? The number one site on the on the Internet? Or what is the G for, Jeff? Um, I thought that was – is that not Google? Well, whatever. Facebook, Amazon, isn't it? Yeah, Netflix, Google. I, I think when people add an extra A now, it's Apple. I've also heard – Oh, Apple. Should it, about, like, Fang Man and all this other stuff, which includes some Chinese tech names and – yeah, there's too many acronyms these days. We have to have an acronym or saying for everything. Like, what? Like, when did leaf peeping come around? That I keep hearing this phrase more and more. It's like five years ago. All of a sudden, it's leaf peeping. What happened? They just going and looking at foliage. But, foliage. Thank um, you. Foliage is a word that everyone should use and 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 protect and hold close to their hearts. Yeah. Any, anyway, so I, I've heard so many derivations now of the, the FANG, but yes, to, to your point, it's, it's a measure of, let's call it the tech names that are still growing. So, because, yeah. so you know, to kind of give everyone a window into the, into the, the world that Landline wants to create, Kodak which was a dominant company for 140 years in the United States, went out of business. Their stock went to zero. They they claimed bankruptcy. General Electric now, I, although you know maybe they hang on, I, I can't imagine a company that makes that much stuff, including jet engines, um, could go out of business. But, but they're teetering on a full collapse, um, depending on who you talk to, right? Their stock is down to under $10, and GE was one of those classic stocks you heard of growing up as like the bedrock of a blue chip stock with, you know, Coke and IBM. And, and, and now my dream is for Facebook to go to zero. There's, there would be nothing that satisfied the landline more than Facebook stock going to zero. And somehow the behemoth that everyone thought would be around in perpetuity, um, growing at, you know, astronomical rates forever could somehow to go, go to business, go out to business. And about a year ago on this podcast, I asked my friend Saul if he ever thought that could happen after the congressional hearings, whenever those were. Um, but Jeff, tell us about what's been going on with Facebook most recently, because, um, things are getting worse and worse for Facebook and, you know, they lost a lot of money today too. So can you tell us, you know, is that all just because people don't like them or are there some financial fundamentals underneath all of this? Tell us about Facebook. So I think there's a couple of things at play, right? Their user base in North America is uh, slowing and or in decline in some demographics. They're not getting the same traction with young people. Surprisingly, um, that's coming from Snapchat is where there seems to be some traction with young people. But on that opposite end, Snapchat's North American user base is also declining. So I think what you're seeing now is people finally starting to question the utility of social media. And I think, you know, the election obviously didn't help. But, you know, what I've really woken up to is just, to some extent, how unethical the people in charge are. You know, they, you know, Zuckerberg really does not give a crap about anyone's privacy. He wants to monetize your data uh, however he possibly can. And, and how could he be so dumb 
to continue or is it just that he like has you know no offense to anyone out there and I'm sure I'm using the wrong term but does he have Asperger's like how could he be so unaware of everybody hating him right now to the point that he doesn't he's not more contrite you know I don't know I, I so I, I I look back at I don't know if you know like that show the 90s I think it's on Netflix but there's an episode about when Microsoft basically went under investigation and Zuckerberg is having the same moment that Bill Gates had, that all eyes are turned on him. He's being painted as a greedy capitalist, um, very anti-competitive, et cetera, et cetera. I think the real difference is, is that Microsoft was a business that actively sought to boost productivity, whereas Facebook is the exact opposite. So uh, I, I don't know how, you, you know, I, I don't think he necessarily has blinders on. I think he just doesn't really care. And I think part of it is is he may have run out of steam in terms of how innovative he can be. Um, the other tech companies seem to have a lot more going for them in terms of what the future holds, and I, I I can't think of what rabbit Facebook's going to pull out of their hat that's going to you know dramatically change their business. I mean, you think about Amazon; they have Amazon Web Services. Google bought Android and has YouTube and Gmail and all these different things that can bring future growth to their business. And are util- um, utilitarian in nature, right? They're not all involved in like. We well, we hope they're not all involved in stealing our our data and 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 also exposing ourselves. Like Gmail is a means of communication; it's not a means of like showing people fifty pictures of your vacation. Yeah, I, I don't think. Also, I have to go double check, but I believe that Gmail didn't even advertise up until a couple of years ago that it was completely. Uh, you know, just an email system. And so it was never meant to be this huge cash cow for Google, and it wasn't meant to be intrusive as a way to advertise you, steal information, all that type of stuff. Back to your point about new products and Facebook running out of new products. One of the things that I wanted to mention on this podcast is the portal, which has been advertised now. And we talked about this a couple of weeks on an interview that didn't air, but you were like, what are you talking about? I haven't seen any ads for that. Maybe they're just targeting the West Coast right now. And now you have seen them. It's portal is basically like this. It's this hardware unit that you buy to put on your kitchen counter or your living room or whatever. And it's a it's a way for you to communicate directly like Star Trek with somebody in another place through Facebook. So that seems to be something that they think they can make money on. Um, but what a shitty idea that is. Yeah, so my question for you is, because I don't have a good answer yet, but I also, uh, it was really interesting that you wanted to talk about this today because I got advertised the portal on on Amazon for Black Friday, and I want to read you something, but I, before I do, I don't want to cloud y- your opinion. What what make, Why do you think Facebook wants to get into this space? Because I don't have a good answer to it, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it myself. All right. Well, we only have 15 minutes before I have to go 
pick up my son at daycare, which couldn't be more landline. So we got a hard out here. So listeners are will be happy they don't have to listen to us longer than that. But to not answer your question and really turn this into a larger conversation, and then I'll hopefully answer it. It, are, do do we think this is gonna work? Are is this Jeff? I'm 35. You're in your early 30s. Where you know we remember when our phones rang and our houses growing up, and our dad said get off the phone, you know, after dinner because it was time to go to bed or whatever the hell it was. Are, is this where we're going? Like, am I so out of touch with the reality that when in 30 years when I go visit like my son's girlfriend's house that she's gonna have a bunch of video screens around her house where she's like talking to all the other people she knows and has no community in her direct physical space like before i answer your question about what facebook's doing how about what the fuck how how did anyone think that this is a place we're going why don't how about we vote on this forget about whether donald trump is president i would rather have a nationwide vote on whether or not we want to have portals be something that's legal and I think that that has a much graver effect on the future of this country than anything that happens in the White House. Landline. Let's check the answering machine. You have 10 new messages. First voice message. Alex, Anna, Homer, it's your cousin Sarah. Hi. Um, had to call. The landline, I just had a very landline moment at Market Basket um, and wanted to share it with all of you guys. Um, so I'm a regular at Market Basket. I've been going there for years. Um, love it. Good prices. Uh, can't beat them. Very convenient for a mom um, or anyone, but mostly for moms. Um, in and out, I know where everything is. Long story short, I shop uh, only buy organic produce. Um, everything is wrapped in plastic um, today. So peppers, cucumbers, everything. If you imagine where you normally have the organic product, produce, you just have every pepper individually wrapped in plastic. So I go through the line. I'm, I'm incredibly frustrated because I don't see the point in that. Um, and I check out, and then I ask to speak with a manager. Uh, it takes a while for the manager to come. I'm feeling guilty because the woman who was bagging my groceries um, was no longer bagging the next person's groceries who happened to be, like, a 70-year-old woman. She's now waiting for me, with me to get a manager. Um, so I'm, I had to debate, you know, is the planet more important right now or is this woman helping this woman? So um, these are just the internal monologues I'm experiencing. Finally, the manager comes out, and I look at him, and I say, um, I've been coming here for a long time. I love what you guys do here. I'm debating not coming here anymore. If, if your peppers keep being wrapped in plastic, how, how does that make any sense? All of your other produce is not wrapped in plastic. Why in the organic section, which is better to buy anyways, are we, are we doing that? And he said people were peeling off the stickers before they got to the checkout line, so the uh, the person checking the produce out did not know that it was an organic vegetable, therefore did not upcharge it 40%, um, and they were losing money in the store, which was strange to me. So I said, why? First of all, how many people actually do that? And he said, well, it was becoming a big problem. Like, we were losing a lot of money because they didn't 
know that the organic peppers were actually the organic peppers and they should be charging more. Um, so I'm confused, lost, and I would love, how amazing would it be if as a landline um, podcast, you know, person, we came up with an innovative solution that we could then offer up to Market Basket and imagine what we could do for the planet if we could come up with some solutions. So there we go. I'm bringing End of message. To erase this message, press 7. Message saved. Next voice message. Hi, everyone. It's me again. I think I got cut off because of my lengthy message. But long story short, um, there's the problem. And I did say to the supervisor, if, I, if my friends and I can come up with a solution um, and somehow figure out how to... Um, make sure that everyone at the store knows that this is an organic pepper without wrapping it by um, without wrapping it in plastic and requiring the label to be packed in this plastic saran wrap situation. Um, if we come up with a solution, we implement it. And he was like, absolutely. So there we go. That's our landline challenge. Love you guys. Bye. End of message. Landline. My dad bought the Echo when it first came out. I had it in my house for, like, a couple of days, and then I realized, you know, the implications of kind of what having, a, a, you know, a recording device ultimately was, and I got rid of it. I mean, I don't really understand after the same company basically went and sold your data to someone, and they used that to feed misinformation to the country and literally manipulate an election, how you could go buy a device that is going to actively sit in your home, have a camera on it, uh, and be able to theoretically listen, even though the second bullet point on the product description says, Facebook doesn't listen to, view, or keep the content of your portal video calls. What it doesn't say is it's not listening when you're not on a call. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I just watched. I, I, I don't just think it's going to work. I just watched point. Snowden for the first time, which I think I probably should have watched Citizen Four. Have you seen Citizen Four by any chance? No, I I, I need to watch both of those. Yeah, we should watch those. Uh, well, Snowden is with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's awesome um, from Third Rock from the Sun. For those of you who don't remember him, and um, he uh, plays Ed Snowden, and it's the story of Edward Snowden. It's an Oliver Stone movie, so I'm sure that some stuff is embellished, but you know. Fundamentally, what was going on in both the Bush and Obama administrations, the beginning of the Obama administrations, was they, they were just turning our webcams on and watching us. The NSA had a secret court that allowed them to video us through our webcams, and that's why there's that famous viral video of Mark Zuckerberg's laptop at Facebook where he has a piece of electrical tape over his webcam. And for all you, pe you people sort of like rolling your eyes or saying, well, I don't do anything bad, I say – you know, fuck that. You need to step up to the plate and say this is not okay. You know, our smart TVs apparently are recording. There was some story last week about how there was a murder in New Hampshire and apparently the Alexa had recorded it. And I'm sure now there's going to be like a subpoena of that stuff. 
I'm sorry if this hurts anyone's feelings and ruins my chance for ever running for political office, but I would rather not know who murdered that person than be able to use Alexa's recordings in court. So I'm taking a stand. But to, to get back to our point about this portal thing, I don't know what Facebook is doing. I think there's a whole larger podcast conversation that we need to have with someone around how to talk to family about this. But I had a huge argument with my mother last two years ago because she got given an Alexa and I basically like chose a hill to die on and screamed to my family that this wasn't okay and forced her to return it. And it made it could have made for some relatively uncomfortable holiday times. But if people are going to open up portals on Christmas morning and you know I want I'm going to do another segment of this pod around the commercials I saw on at the NFL games with another guest but everything that they're advertising is around these screen sharing, you know, smart speaker um relationship things and I just I don't get is this a need? You know, going back to Facebook and their growth slowing down, I don't think people need Facebook anymore. And so I think that's why they're ultimately fucked. I think that's why their stock price is going to go down. I think that maybe in the same way that there's an adoption curve of people who are like early adopters and it all goes all the way to laggards, there's going to be a reverse adoption or a sort of a dissolution based on people like me who decided two years after getting on Facebook that it was fucked all the way through now my mom not being on it and all the way on to people in you know, Yemen who are using it to organize a military resistance, somehow realizing that the government can just look in to all their communications. So whatever. I see myself just rambling now, but what I don't know. What do we think they're using this for? How about VR? Is that an opportunity? I know they own Oculus, which is like the number one VR company in the world. Are they hoping that people are going to be able to use like they get they get them to use portal and then from portal they turn into like VR and then everybody's just hanging out with other people around the world in a virtual reality situation? I don't know, because your smartphone should be good enough for what you're talking about from a VR angle. What, what I'm seeing is that all the tech firms are trying to do this at the same time, so there's some sense of FOMO, but uh, it's also, it doesn't seem like the traction has been very good in a lot of instances for you know, these voice-activated speakers and call machines, whatever you want to call these devices. So it, it feels like they're kind of jamming this down your throat at this point in time. I don't particularly think any of them are going to be successful. I, I don't think Amazon has been incredibly successful. Um, I, I, I don't know that for sure, but it seems like they're really giving these things for free at the at this point in time. I mean, I'm seeing the I'm on Amazon right now because I went to go read you what this thing said. I mean, it's thirty bucks for the dot. I mean, they're giving these things away at this point. And the dot is like the Echo is like Alexa is it's like some sort of yeah. I mean, it's their lowest model. I mean, but realistically, I don't understand besides maybe the quality of the speaker system. What I mean, this is all software, right? This is all computer code, and it's all voice recognition and trying to give you smart answers, put on music, make you know, put on timers, all this bullshit, and you're fully capable already of doing this with your smartphone. Right. So I don't really, I don't really get 
the need. I don't think it's going to work, but it's more the fact that Facebook is now doing it is making me scratch my head saying that there's got to be some race for data and they're betting that you're not going to ever turn your mic or your camera off and they're just going to be able to you know, mine data somehow. I, I really well, have no idea. But there's so. no way. There's just no way that that's happening. Like people will there, – there's – the world is full of examples of the wave crashing and then the tide going back out, right? And there's just no way that if we have, you know, really good evidence from, you know, sources we trust, although there aren't that many left, that say that, you know, Russia could hack our entire election system. I'm not sure that that's true, but that there's that all of these things are just points for other people to access why would we all of a sudden put everything into a system of observance if we then sure maybe we trust you know this generation of world leaders well we know we don't but let's just say that right now we feel okay about the fact that whoever's in charge of Facebook or whoever's in charge of the British intelligence service or whoever's in charge of Saudi Arabia oop whoops maybe not is someone we can trust and that they, that if we surround ourselves with smart this, smart that, observant this, video that, there someone can just hold it, hold someone else's, you know, hands over a keyboard with a gun to their head and say, "Give me access to all this shit." And you know, that's going to be the next boring James Bond movie is someone having access to all of the Amazon dots. So I just don't. I don't. It's they're really trying to sell the Amazon Echo for cooking. I can see that everybody knows that now local food is such a hot thing and that like pretty hipster girls in their late 20s are all about like it being in the kitchen and there's potlucks and we all knew this was coming five years ago. So now a lot of these ads you see online are about like somebody cute in an apron getting mussed up and having the Amazon Echo or Dot or Dill or Dog or Duty help them be able to like figure out how they're supposed to, you know, cut the ginger for the um, for the hors d'oeuvre display without having to wash their hands again. It's like, you know what? They can wash their fucking hands and look in the cookbook. It's like someone should hire me to be the one who figures out that in five years from now, everyone's going to be into pen and paper again. And there's going to be shitloads of money to be made on things that are not connected to the Internet. So... We're kind of doing a circle here. It's a circle I love. I could do this all night. I, I do want to say something that is really uncouth and is going to be embarrassing for some people. And I apologize to you, Jeff, if you want me to cut your name out of this episode because this is something I'm going to bring up. And if you're related to me or if you're related to my wife, maybe you want to turn it off right now. Landline. Next voice message. Hi, this is Gabe, and I'm calling to say why I'm thankful for the Landline podcast. Right now, my Sirius XM subscription has expired about a week ago, and I'm too lazy to call them back. So I can't listen to the joint reggae station or Howard Stern. Bill Simmons doesn't have a new podcast, and I've called everybody that I can think of calling, including Alex, who just picked up before. So basically, I have nothing left to do in my life. And that's the time when I go and listen to the Landline podcast at one and a half speed. What I don't like about the Landline podcast at one and a half speed is listening to my own voice, which seems even more nasally than ever. But um, Landline and Alex, I'm glad you're in my life at this time of need. Thank you. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Love, Gabe. End of message. Message erased. Landline. If you're related to me or if you're related to my wife, maybe you want to turn it off right now. Okay. 
that's fair warning. You know the best use for all of this stuff? Is to fuck each other. Get two portals, get a fake vagina, they've got sex dolls now, get some sort of machine that, you know, get a dildo, get a really high quality dildo with some sort of robotic power on the other end. You can fuck your wife, your husband, your lover, you can have affairs 6,000 miles away while you're on military um, duty someplace in the Middle East or whatever it is. There's so much money to be made on this shit in sex. I swear to God, whether it's virtual reality or Portal or Echo or any of these high-tech you know, technologies that are coming out, sex is one pe- place people are willing to kind of give up all of their worry about Big Brother because there's something in their brain driving them to make bad decisions, and they will use this stuff for sex. And if someone wants a good business idea, develop some sort of sex sharing thing to be used on Facebook portal and you will have a gold mine. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good use. I, 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 I don't really think I can top that. But, you know, I think porn is a pretty uh, lucrative business. Yeah, exactly. Or sexuality in general, I guess. All right. Well, so so, so bringing it back to something where you can talk, <laughs> um, I do wonder, you know, one of the interesting things about this is that people have signed up so quickly, right? I mean, the the amount of you – know, the George Soros speech that I was reading that set off the Sheryl Sandberg investigation into Soros, which has been the most recent Facebook scandal and everyone should – you know, use Google and look up Sheryl Sandberg Soros, go to the library and look it up in a a paper that you can, you know, read for free. Um, It's all about how Facebook basically was trying to mine their own data to understand and use their own resources to understand George Soros and, and, and try to get some negative information out on there because he basically said they're becoming a monopoly. His point was that the, at the adoption rate, that Facebook grew new users, they would have every every single person on the face of the earth on Facebook within the next three years. And they have no one else to sell to, and that would be a problem for them. But what I'm interested in is that in the same way that you know new technology has always been something that was adopted at very fast rates, you think about something like the car, where let's pretend 20 years after the car was invented, everyone found a new technology they wanted to use or just decided they didn't want to use the car anymore, It would be very difficult to rid the world of cars. There would have been cars sold on the used market. There would have been cars traded or parted out or used for other things like farms or, you know, industrial manufacturing or something. Everyone could quit Facebook tomorrow. Everyone could stop using Amazon tomorrow. Everyone could stop using Netflix tomorrow. The ability to sign up and instantaneously use these services is a double-edged sword. So I wonder, is there ever going to be a fear from these companies that they could lose everyone instantaneously and and does that have some sort of impact on their market value like why is their market value so volatile right now is there an underlying fundamental risk to their business in general that we've never seen before i mean i definitely think there is i mean even just at the most basic level right What's happening now is you just probably had, or I'll put it this way, this holiday season is the best it is going to get for the American economy right now in terms of, let's call it, you know, economic growth. That 
moving forward, we just had a huge tax cut and we don't have much more fuel and the government is basically running a trillion dollar deficit and racking up debt. And so if you think about that, all signs point towards a recession or just a slowdown in general where we're not growing as quickly. And for Facebook, who basically makes all their money off of advertisers getting consumers to consume more, if there's not more economic growth, that's going to hurt their business. So that alone, Facebook's rise was predominantly after the financial crisis. And so we haven't been in a period of time where growth is going to be harder to come by. So I think in that sense, yeah, it's very difficult. But also, you know, tech companies across the board usually have a pretty high international uh, revenue exposure. And so that in general is just hurting all tech companies, which is why Fang is getting the crap kicked out of it today. Um, because people are worried, obviously, about tariffs and potential trade war and what the effect of that is on American companies doing business. And tech is a highly exposed uh, space in that realm. So another fang, you know, uh, another fang that I hate is is Amazon. And I think in, in the world of Amazon – what is fascinating to me is that all of this growth we've seen and all of this adoption we've seen has been based on cheap oil, right? And and you know the the number one, well, I I'm making this up, so who knows? But one of the number one costs for Amazon, whether it's for them or their their third party shippers or you know strategic partners in UPS and FedEx and the mail service, the number one cost has got to be transportation. Um, and so other than the, the actual cost of the item itself, which is covered in the price. So, you know, we've seen all of this cheap, cheap energy, which it, we're not seeing signs that that's going to stop anytime soon. But one aspect of all of this is environmentalism, which another piece of feedback I've gotten on landline is that too much environmentalism. That's not what we want to hear about. Well, call the landline 503-894-8480 if you do or don't want to hear about environmentalism and leave a message on that. But if everyone wants to think about just Amazon's imprint on the universe right now, the cardboard boxes, the packing peanuts, the, you know, air puffed plastic, the, the gas, the, the, you know, it's well-founded that air travel is the worst thing for the environment. Far, far worse than any sort of vehicle travel. The trucks, I'm sure there's trains involved, though those are very efficient. Um, How does sort of global, care for climate change, which is taking a huge uptake right now. I mean, you know, the California wildfires, this conference in Poland, this U.S. government account, you know, the fact that Trump's president and and doesn't believe in climate change or wants to ignore it for his own financial gain is making the media sort of rise up together against him to make climate change a huge issue, whether it is as important as they're making it out to be with airtime or not, I think is a different discussion. But ultimately, how does Jeff Bezos, like Mr. Liberal Washington Post, save the world, come up with a plan to defend his company's carbon footprint? And how do people react to the fact that 
it is astronomically better for the preservation of the natural environment to walk downtown and buy something that's been shipped in bulk versus a la carte overnight via Amazon Prime. I mean, I, I've been shocked that there is really no coverage on that to begin with. It's like everyone knows it. It's, I, 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 you know, I, 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 again, I really don't have a good answer to that because I am pretty shocked myself that the heat, they don't catch more flack for that. Forget the working conditions and that half the people that work for them can't, you know, afford to live. It's more, you know, they're just chopping down trees and, you know, putting plastic into the environment and burning oil to get shit places. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't know how he defends it. And if, you know, let's call it the opponents to Trump do not make 2020 all about climate change and address this, we are not only in trouble uh, I think everyone's going to be very, very disappointed. And we're, we're, we really need to uh, get more serious. Yeah, we are in trouble. We are in trouble right now. And ultimately, it's no longer going to be like if we feel good about what we're doing, it's going to be a battle for natural resources and a battle for fresh water. So good luck with that, everyone. Um, all right. Well, we got to wrap it up here. Um, I do have a lighter note we can end on. I do want to say, though, for all of you Christmas celebrators in Australia and elsewhere, take some stock in how much waste you have at the end of that present opening extravaganza, um, you know, at your your grandmother's house or wherever you're going, your own house and all that trash and all that plastic and all that packaging and maybe start planning now for using, you know, extra newspaper to wrap the presents and you know, using maybe some like natural fibers like uh, twine and woolen, you know, rib um, yarn, etc., to you know bedazzle. There's another landline I'll do in December. Is how to how to bedazzle your Christmas in in natural fibers. But just consider that you know everything we do has to consider the environment. And so if you're just pulling out a couple of trash bags of you know, plastic chinette plates and, and wrapping paper and boxes that you haven't broken down that China's going to reject when they get there anyways. You should maybe think about what you're giving. Landline. Next voice message. Hey, Landline. It's Giles from Vermont. Hope you guys are well. Just wanted to call in true Landline fashion and tell you that uh, Sarah delivered a beautiful baby girl uh, yesterday morning at one fifteen. Everybody's happy and healthy. Her name is Millie J. Smith. She's great. Mom's great. We're great. Just thought you should know because we love you guys. Hope all is well. Happy Thanksgiving. All that jazz. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, sir. All right? Keep up the good work. You guys are doing great. Love you. End of message. Message saved. Landline. All right. Well, um, just kind of to wrap it up, I thought this was great. I'm really happy with the content here. Um I, you know, obviously I love hearing myself talk. So, um, I thought this was a good episode, but, um, what, you know, what does this mean? Can you just sort of like, if you were on nightly business report on PBS on my over the air antenna tonight, and you were kind of giving your, you know, you got, you got the 90 seconds with, uh, the two hosts to talk about 
the economy. I mean, there everyone it seems to be is waiting to say recession and the fact that the market tanked because of Trump tweeting another layer of technology in this. How Twitter isn't more valuable is a whole nother podcast. That's like the only valuable technology out there. Um, I say that in jest. What's your take? I mean, should people be putting their money into cash and, and bonds and real assets or like, I'm, I don't know. What do you think is an interesting point to end on when it comes to FANG stocks losing $140 billion and leading the way in the market downturn? Yeah, so I think I've gone from the Facebook bullish camp to completely avoid it. I'm actually fairly bearish on it, but I do think there are some tech names that do look reasonably priced. I think Apple has really um, corrected to the point where it's at the same exact uh, basically price it was at when the tax cuts went into place, and it looks extremely cheap because they just generate cash like a beast. Um, there's a company called NVIDIA that makes these graphics cards that everyone uh, that's really into the data world need to crunch through, uh, you know, image and video data, amongst other things. And it came down because it was a cryptocurrency play, and that kind of shit the bed. Uh, I like, you know, really kind of like what's old is new stocks. I think Macy's, I think we've talked about before, and it's really interesting. There are cheap Stocks in the market in a recession doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It's just we have to go through a digestion period. We've gone straight up in terms of economic growth for a long period of time. Unfortunately, I'd say a very small few have shared in it. And, you know, it's poo-poo on us that our economic figures track the wealth creation of the elite, but that's a completely separate podcast as well. But um, I think there's actually really great value in the market. Uh, I wouldn't be an aggressive buyer, but again, you keep your discipline. I wouldn't be puking out stocks. I think there are real ways to kind of generate some returns if you're willing to wait it out for the next five years. And I think we're in an okay spot right now. I'm not concerned. I actually think a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of stuff to be kind of excited about on the come. All right. Well, with that, Jeff, thank you. We're going to cut it off here. That was great. And the episode should be up soon for all of us to listen to. Sounds great. Uh, all my love to you and the family. And uh, have a great uh, Christmas if I don't speak to you. All right. Great. All right. Bye. Hey, couple news and notes for all the listeners. Number one, if you feel the sound is not great, it might be your cell phone that you're playing out of that you have a bunch of crud and flour and boogers and pubes stuck in the speaker. So, because I know where those cell phones go. So, try to put some headphones in and listen to it that way. Secondly, um, always listen to the end because sometimes there's a little hidden song or voicemail at the end. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. 
Call the landline at You're listening to Landline. Next voice message. Hey, it's Max again. Uh, calling for Alex this time. I just listened to the podcast you did with your dad. I was wondering if you could get me a recording of him saying, anybody want to suck my cock so I can use it as my ringtone. Anyway, hope to hear back from you soon. Have a good one. Bye. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To say message erased.